Well, hello everyone. This is JB with Not By Works Ministries. It is Wednesday, December the 28th, and I hope everyone had a wonderful Christmas holiday celebrating the birth of our Savior. My family and I had a great trip out of town to kind of gather with our extended family and enjoy just some downtime. Got back just in time for our Christmas Eve service at Plum Creek Chapel in Sedalia, Colorado. Had a wonderful time there, a packed house and a sweet spirit. A great time of singing carols, lighting candles, and just enjoying uh, the fellowship of, of the body of Christ there. If you've not yet uh, watched my message from that Christmas Eve service, that is still posted at notbyworks.org. I encourage you to check that out. The title was An Unexpected Birth, and you can still find that on the banner there at notbyworks.org. But I'm excited about the coming year as we wind down 2022 and head into 2023. Already the Not By Works ministry schedule is beginning to take shape. Several large events already booked on the calendar. You can keep up with our travel schedule and our events by clicking on the events page at uh, notbyworks.org uh, and want to remind you to, to keep, keep us in your prayers as, uh, as we continue to uh, do radio and TV and other uh, interviews uh, pertaining to my Spirit of the Antichrist books. The Lord continues to open doors uh, for those two books. We have over 10,000 copies now out in circulation with uh, more uh, still to come as we look forward to um, working with groups like Prophecy Watchers out of Oklahoma City. Um, Jan Markell has graciously agreed to have us on again uh, twice in February. And just looking forward to more opportunities to get the word out about uh, the, the, the Luciferian conspiracy and all that is unfolding before our very eyes. And, you know, it's really an exciting time to be alive when you think about it. Uh, you know, we've, we see uh, the stage being set for the fulfillment of prophecy right before our very eyes. My good friend Randy and I talk about this uh, weekly on our podcast. And by the way, Randy will be joining me again on Friday, just two days from now, for his weekly uh, discussion and uh, commentary on current events. And I always look forward uh, to that. Uh, uh, but as we head into the new year, I just wanted to take a moment to uh, share a, a quick word of encouragement and uh, take a look at a passage of Scripture together. And uh, But again, just want to uh, covet your prayers uh, for the coming year. As we know, the devil does not like being exposed. And uh, God has been so gracious and so faithful to both Plum Creek Chapel and Not By Works Ministries uh, that we don't want to let our guard down. We want to continue to be alert and sober and vig vigilant knowing that the enemy uh, does not like it when the gospel goes forth uh, and uh, the truth is proclaimed. So if you ever find yourself in the Denver metro area, we'd sure love to have you come join us on Sundays. Uh, we're going to be rolling out a new schedule on Sundays. We'll have more to say about that in January, but uh, uh, we're just uh, growing uh, and kind of out of space, quite frankly, and we want to make room for our guests that come each week to hear the proclamation of the word. And so uh, be in prayer for both Plum Creek and Not By Works uh, Ministries. And I want to thank you all for your faithful encouragement and support. I want to thank my wife most of all. Uh, she is just uh, an incredible blessing from the Lord, Wendy. And I've been married over 30 years now. And, uh, you know, to whatever extent you find the ministry of Not By Works to be a blessing, let me assure you that my wife, Wendy, is really uh, the one behind it all with her support, her encouragement, her undergirding uh, me and our family in prayer, and just her great input and wisdom and counsel as we make decisions along the way. So I uh, love you, Wendy, and appreciate you very, very much. Um, 
So with that, I want to call your attention to an Old Testament psalm. It's a psalm of David, Psalm uh, 30. And, uh, you know, C.S. Lewis uh, wrote, There are far better things ahead than any we leave behind, quote unquote. I love that statement. It's a great reminder as we wake up each morning and face the new day. You know, each sunrise brings with it hope that a better day lies before us. You know, whatever happened yesterday is in the past, and today's script is yet to be written. And when you think about it, really, you'd have to be a pretty gloomy cynic to wake up each morning and ask, what terrible things will befall me today? Uh, You know, the dawn of, of a new day wonders, what joys will await me? When you relish a beautiful sunrise, you know, have you ever sat on a beach or uh, been in the mountains and gotten up early to see a sunrise? We've had the occasion to do that many times, Wendy and I. We've done it on uh, different places like uh, Haleakala in the Maui and uh, other mountain views and many sunsets on the beach uh, and sunrises. But when you relish a beautiful sunrise, you know, you look toward it, <laughs> not away from it. And when you wake up each new day and you look back, at all the troubles and trials and challenges of yesterday and days gone by, you're really missing the moment. And I think a New Year's Day, which is uh, upon us here in a couple of days, a few days here, in all respects, it's, it's a day like any other. It's just another flip of the page on our calendars. And yet, there's something about it that seems different from every other day. Because January 1st beckons us more urgently, it seems, to look ahead to new beginnings, new opportunities, new people to meet, new adventures to experience, and new memories to create. As we stand on the threshold of a new year, my thoughts turn to King David and Psalm 30. You know, his life was unparalleled in terms of its victories, its tragedies, its failures, its successes. He's an incredible man of God whom God used mightily in the nation of Israel. Uh, and, and yet, even though he's called a man after God's own heart, uh, we can relate to him because our lives tell similar stories. I mean, we may never have staved off a menacing wolf while guarding the sheep or killed a giant on the battlefield or won a war as a national king or committed murder. I hope not. Uh, but we can relate to David's heart cries in the Psalms because we have our own wolves to watch out for. We have our own giants to slay, our own battles to win. And we have our own sins to deal with. Well, when you come to Psalm 30, David reflects on a particular difficult circumstance that he had endured. And, you know, as I've often pointed out, sometimes trials are a fact of life through no fault of our own. They're just the result of living in a fallen world under the curse of sin. And yet at other times, we bring trials on ourselves. We bring hardship on ourselves because of our own choices. And that was the case here in Psalm 30. David is reflecting on a a trial that was due to his own bad choices. We don't know the specifics. We don't know what sin it was specifically that brought God's discipline in David's life. But we do get a glimpse at David's response. So Psalm 30 is, is a psalm that, according to the inscription, was given at the dedication of the house of David. Now, this uh, had to be um, probably the house uh, that held the Ark of the Covenant that David erected in Jerusalem. Uh, we see that in 2 Samuel chapter 6. It couldn't really be the temple because, of course, David had already passed away by the time Solomon built uh, the temple. Uh, but whatever uh, dedication it was, 
Now, this psalm, a very short psalm, only 12 verses, contains three real sections. You know, psalms are uh, poetic literature that was intended to be sung. They're, they were songs, actually. And this one has five stanzas broken up into three sections. The first section has two stanzas, Psalm chapter 30, verses 1 through 5. And it, it talks about David's uh, deliverance from God's discipline. David said, I will extol you, O Lord, for you have lifted me up and have not let my foes rejoice over me. O Lord, my God, I cried out to you and you healed me. O Lord, you brought my soul up from the grave. You have kept me alive that I should not go down to the pit. Sing praise to the Lord, you saints of his, and give thanks at the remembrance of his holy name. Now here's the key verse, verse 5. For his anger is but for a moment, his favor is for life. Weeping may endure for a night, but joy comes in the morning. You know, David praised God for the fact that his anger is only temporary, but his covenant blessings are permanent. God is a covenant-keeping God. He said he may be angry uh, because, you know, in righteous anger, he disciplines us for our own good. He, he knows what's best for us, and he's molding and shaping us. So when we step out of line or make mistakes, he never punishes us. I've talked about that elsewhere. God's children are never punished by God, and that's a key distinction. Uh, punishment is only for unbelievers, but discipline and chastening, that's for believers. And our loving Father disciplines us. Now, nothing can ever separate us from his love. Romans 8 makes that uh, crystal clear. When you get to the end of Romans chapter 8, it says this, uh, in beginning in verse 31, What shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not with him also freely give us all things? Who shall bring a charge against God's elect? It is God who justifies. In other words, God is the one who disciplines and sets the standard. Uh, who is he who condemns? It is Christ who died and furthermore is also risen and even at the right hand of God, making intercession for us. He goes on to say, I am persuaded that neither death nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. So although our loving Father disciplines us, nothing can ever separate us from his love. And as you go back to Psalm chapter 30, after that first section, the first two stanzas there in the first five verses, where David describes the end of God's discipline, that, that God's chastening had, had ended, he then moves in in the second section with another two stanzas to talk about the reason for his discipline. He kind of gives us a glimpse at his heart attitude. Again, we don't know details, but we understand the problem with his heart that led to the Lord's discipline. Listen to what David said beginning in verse 6. Again, this is Psalm 30, verse 6. David said, Now in my prosperity I said, I shall never be moved. I shall never be shaken. By the way, I'm going to be talking about this concept of God shaking the earth from the book of Haggai and the book of Hebrews on Sunday for our New Year's Day message. Uh, it's a message I'm calling New Year's Revolution. And again, if you're in the Denver area, I encourage you to come out 
this Sunday to Plum Creek Chapel at 10 o'clock for our worship service for my New Year's Day message. But back to David, he said, in my prosperity, I said, I shall never be moved. I shall never be shaken. Uh, Lord, by your favor, you have made me mountain, made my mountain stand strong. You hid your face and I was troubled. I cried out to you, O Lord. And to the Lord I made supplication. What profit is there in my blood when I go down to the pit? Will the dust praise you? Will it declare your truth? Hear, O Lord, and have mercy on me. Lord, be my helper. So David had become arrogant, quite frankly. He'd become self-confident and forgotten to depend totally upon the Lord. Prosperity often tempts us to feel the same way. It leads us or can lead us into a false sense of security. Have you ever been there? See, David had fallen into this false sense of security. God was doing amazing things in his life. And so he began to think, I don't really need God. I'll never be moved. Look at me. Um, And through God's discipline, he had gained a more realistic view of dependence on God. And you know, maybe that's the reason the Lord put this passage on my heart this week, is I'm just so amazed at the goodness of God uh, in Plum Creek Chapel and in Not By Works Ministries. Uh, It has been just an unprecedented year for both ministries. And it's all by God's grace and all because of God's favor. You know, uh, nobody can take credit for that. We've simply been trying to stay faithful to the Word of God, proclaim the clear, accurate, and urgent gospel, and teach the Word of God unwaveringly. Uh, not shy away from difficult subjects, proclaim the soon coming of the Lord by teaching Bible prophecy, and the Lord has brought the increase. You know, that's a principle in Scripture that if you remain faithful in little, He'll make you faithful over much. And so it would be very easy for me or for us and those associated with our ministry to to get uh, confident and think, wow, look look at us. But I don't ever want to do that. Uh, First of all, I don't ever want to underestimate the enemy who's always lurking around looking for ways to, to, to trouble and discredit ministries. But secondly, I, I understand uh, the presence of the Lord and His incredible blessing and the need uh, for Him and to depend upon Him. So as a reminder here in a way of application, we need to, to, to never uh, think that just because we're experiencing peace and prosperity and blessings that somehow these conditions will inevitably continue. Uh, Sometimes we go through difficult times, again, that are no fault of our own. And in David's case, he had allowed his prosperity uh, to cause him to get his eyes off of the Lord. So the first section and the first two stanzas of Psalm 30, David talks about how the Lord had, had disciplined him and that discipline had subsided. And though weeping endured for a night, joy had come in the morning. And then in the second section and the next two stanzas, stanzas three and four, David gives us a glimpse into what led to that discipline. And that was he got his eyes off the Lord and wasn't depending on the Lord. And then the final section is just one stanza. And it's the conclusion to the psalm. Now listen to what David says in this final stanza. You have turned for me my mourning into dancing. You have put off my sackcloth and clothed me with gladness to the end that my glory may sing praise to you and not be silent. O Lord, my God, I will give thanks to you forever. So David here is describing this change that God has brought into his life by restoring 
his perspective and restoring his health and whatever it was that he was facing as a result of his bad choices and his bad attitude. And he, he just spontaneously thanks the Lord for turning his mourning into dancing. And then he, he wants to sing God's glory. That's what he wants to do. He wants to give praise and honor and glory to the Lord that his whole life may be a praise to him. And so, you know, as we think about joy coming in the morning in this famous verse five here in this, uh, in this song, weeping may endure for a night, but joy comes in the morning. I just thought it might be good to remember that as we embark on a new year, whether you've faced God's incredible blessings and the blessings of life, or maybe you've been through difficult times, either way, as C.S. Lewis said, there are far better things ahead than any we leave behind. See, true joy comes only through a relationship with God through his eternal son, Jesus Christ. And I, I hope most of our listeners by now know the Lord. You've placed your faith in Jesus, the one who died and rose again to save you from the penalty of sin. If you haven't and you've stumbled upon this podcast, let me encourage you to do that today. See, the only way you can have eternal life and be forgiven from your sinful condition is to trust in Jesus Christ who purchased redemption for you when he shed his blood at Calvary and rose from the dead. And the Bible repeatedly conditions eternal life upon faith alone in Christ alone. You know, people can and do trust many things in life in hopes of somehow finding uh, paradise after death. Uh, they trust in their own good works, their own merit. They might trust in their behavior or their performance. They might trust in their religion or their baptism or their religious heritage. Uh, but the Bible says there's only one way. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but by me. Have you trusted in Jesus Christ and him alone today? Now, if you've already trusted in Christ, if you're already a Christian, you, you know the Lord by faith, then let me encourage you to rest in his promise of joy today. Joy truly does come in the morning, and we're about to embark on an entirely new morning, a new year. And as I said at the outset, New Year's Day, really, it's a day like any other, and yet it seems to provide an urgency to looking forward to new beginnings, new opportunities, new adventures. You know, the Bible tells us that after his resurrection, Jesus appeared uh, to his disciples and he said, peace be with you. And then the Bible tells us in that same passage, John chapter 20, verses 19 and 20, that the disciples were overjoyed when they saw the Lord. <laughs> you know, whatever trials, difficulties, and heartaches you experienced this past year, let me encourage you to look for the Lord. Keep your eyes on Him. Do what David did not do in this one incident in his life. Don't get, don't get your eyes off the Lord. Keep your eyes on the Lord and seek that joy of the morning as we begin this new year. Well, thanks for listening uh, this morning. I know it was a shorter podcast. You know, we've been enjoying some downtime uh, away from the office, away from ministry demands, just kind of rejuvenating and gearing up for the coming year. We hit the ground running in January, all kinds of ministry trips and obligations and uh, interviews and messages and uh, just can't wait to, to, to get going in the new year. But for the last uh, week and a half or so, we've just been uh, spending time with family. So haven't had as many podcasts and messages and sermons and things. Appreciate you bearing with us. But I did want to touch base here uh, between Christmas and New Year's with this uh, word of encouragement. And I uh, want to remind you again that this Friday, two days from now, on the on the uh, 30th, 
We will uh, be joined by my good friend Randy uh, for another uh, good discussion of current events and lots going on out there. If you're keeping up with the news, uh, continued uh, saber rattling and uh, things happening with Russia and Ukraine. And uh, we just want to get Randy's perspective on it, of course, running it all through the lens of Scripture to see how it might be setting the stage for what lies ahead. So thanks again. God bless. Enjoy the rest of your week. And uh, we will look forward to talking again on Friday. God bless.